Good morning. I'm Allie, and I'm one of the ministers here at Calvary, and we're so happy that you've joined us today for worship. If you're new or a guest at Calvary, we want, to get to know, we want you to know that you are welcome and that we'd love to get to know you better. The best way for us to get to know you is if you fill out one of the visitor cards that's in the pew and just put that in the offering plate later in the service and we will be sure and follow up with you. Something else you can put in the offering plate is a donation to help with food during, during Calvary Bible Club this week. Um, that has been a huge success over the past few years, and a lot, some of the students that come to Bible Club don't have the resources to eat at home as much during the day, um, and since they're out of school, they don't get a lunch often. So we feed them dinner here, and we provide them with a bag of snacks, um, granola bars, fruit, and things like that to make it through the next day. So if you would like to donate to that, feel free to um, put that in the offering plate during the service or give it to Phil Sitton. So today is a unique day in the church calendar. Last week was Pentecost when we celebrated the beginning of the church. And before that, we had been in the Easter season celebrating the resurrection. We come now to a Sunday where we honor God's identity as the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It is Trinity Sunday. This is a Sunday where we honor God's majesty but it's also a Sunday where we take on responsibility because of God's majesty. As we lift God's name in praise, let us also be challenged to go out and do, to actively honor God in the best way that we can, by going out, by learning the stories of others, and showing his love. Let's join together in praise of our majestic creator God this morning. Almighty King, help us thy name to sing, help us to praise, Father all glorious, or all victorious, come and reign over us, ancient of Says, Spirit of holiness, on us descend. Holy Comforter, thy sacred witness bear in this glad hour, thou who almighty art, now and let from us depart, spirits of power. Evermore. 
God, our sustainer, the one who brings us life, we gather this morning to be renewed by you. We need your strength and comfort, O oh God, our Father. We are grateful for the ways you reveal yourself to us. Each of your three persons provide for us in different ways. We thank you, Jesus, Lamb of God, for showing us the way and sacrificing yourself in our place. We need your redemption this morning. We need your grace. Holy Spirit, you are our comforter. We feel your presence in this place. We pray you'll heal us this morning. Meet us here and fill us with your love. We are your people, and this is our time to worship. Adore and lift your name high in this place. Give us the courage and strength to shout your name. God, our creator, Jesus, Lamb of God, Holy Spirit, come. We invite you here. Amen. So 
Reading from the book of Psalms. O Lord, our sovereign, how majestic is your name to all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouths of babes and infants, you have founded a bulwark because of your foes to silence the enemy and the avenger. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars that you have established, what are human beings that you are mindful of them, mortals that you care for them? Yet you have made them a little lower than God and crowned them with glory and honor. You have given them dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under their feet, all sheep and oxen, and also the beasts of the field, the birds of the air and the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the paths of the sea. O Lord, our Sovereign, how majestic is your name in all of the earth. A reading from the Gospel according to Matthew. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. The word of God for the people of God. Everywhere 
invite all of the children to join us in the front. Good morning. It's good to see you all today. Um, so how many of you guys have ever heard of a mission trip? If you have, raise your hand. Have any of you ever been on a mission trip? No? Okay. Well, hopefully you'll get to go on one one day. But today we're going to talk a little bit about a mission trip that some of the youth from our church are actually going on next week. So next Sunday, at this very moment, we will be on the road to New Orleans. Does anyone know what state New Orleans is in? Yeah, Louisiana. So right next door to Texas, but it's going to take us about 10 hours to get there. So next week, we're going to be on the road. So Anna and Ellie are here, and they're going to share a little bit with you guys about what we're going to be doing in New Orleans. So Ellie. Yeah, um, the high schoolers are going to be going, working with an organization called the Lower Nine, which helps reconstruct and rebuild houses uh, in the Ninth Ward because once Hurricane Katrina hit, uh, a lot of the people get there weren't able to afford to rebuild their houses. And the middle schoolers, Anna and I and other people, are going to be working um, at a food bank in the morning and a food pantry in the evening. And a food bank helps supply food for the food pantry to give out to people. And Anna's going to tell us a little bit about what she hopes to learn while we're there. I hope to learn about the culture there and just kind of see how it is different from ours. And yeah. And then um, I am also looking forward to hearing all the stories with, from the people that we work with. Great. So why do you think we go on a mission trip? Do any of you have any ideas why? Mm-hmm. Okay, yes, to learn about God. We definitely learn more about God when we go on trips like this. Did you ever hand up? To teach people about God. Great. And a good way to kind of teach people about God can sometimes be listening to them, to listening and hearing their stories and hearing what their life has been like. And that doesn't always make sense because teaching, you're supposed to be talking. But sometimes we can teach by listening to people. And so in the scripture that we just heard read, Jesus tells his disciples to go out and make disciples of all nations. So next week, be thinking of us and praying for us as we try and listen to people's stories, hear about their lives, and share the love of Jesus with them. So let's remember today that when we make a commitment to Jesus, we're also committing to sharing his love with other people. So let's pray together. Dear God, help us to show our friends, our family, and maybe even some people we don't even know 
how much they are loved by Jesus. Be with us this week during Bible Club as we meet new friends and can share that love even more. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Let us pray that grace may everywhere be found. Send the light, send the light. And the Christ-like spirit everywhere be found. Send the light, send the light, send the light. The blessed gospel light, let it shine from shore to shore. Send the light, the blessed gospel light, let it shine forevermore. If the winds a mighty voice, Jesus saves, Jesus saves, let the nations now rejoice. Jesus saves, Jesus saves, salvation full and free, with highest hills and deepest caves, this our song of victory, Jesus saves, Jesus saves. And I yield to hearts made hard by hatred, to eyes made blind because they will not see, to spend the weight, be blood to spend and spare not. So send I you to taste of Calvary. gospel is a story where there's movement, right? Movement towards us and then where we are indeed sent as the early church was. Sent not just to tell, but sent to know and to somehow enter more fully into the mystery that had taken place in what was the ultimate of all events. We celebrate that today. We remember that with churches all over the world. How the church lived into deeper meaning about this and holds it reverently even today. God beyond and beside and between. As those sent, we confess often that we lose sight of the end. We struggle with our own identity as those called. Sometimes we grow confused and uncertain. We acknowledge that even this week that was a part of, of our journey, and yet here we are again, hoping and praying that somehow you would bless us with eyes to see and ears to hear. You desire truth in our inward being. 
So teach us now wisdom in our secret hearts. Amen. It was time for Adam to be baptized, and he knew it. He'd been a believer all of his life. He had never not believed. He'd been taught to love God and follow Christ. He'd been taught to pray and to have a personal relationship with Jesus. He understood the basic teachings of his church. He knew all the Bible stories, and it was very much his desire to be a part of his community of faith. These things were always central to him in his journey that he had been on with God, and he knew that it was time for him to say so out loud and be baptized. So two Sundays back, he had walked the aisle. Everyone at the church knew what was happening as this soon-to-be college student made his way down front and took his pastor, Dr. Wisdom, by the hand. After church, everyone made their way down front, big smiles across their faces, and extended, extended Adam, the right hand of Christian fellowship. He'd been raised in this church, and he knew it meant a lot to them to get to be a part of this and see him make this decision before he went off to school. Most congregations have trouble hiding their concern and their hope when one of their own hasn't made that walk down the aisle. They worry about what that means. Adam had never really worried about it. He knew that he knew God. He knew that he was a follower of Christ. He just wasn't one to do something because everyone, even a church he loved, expected it. He wanted the decision to be his. He wanted it to matter, and because he always had more questions than answers, it had taken him a while before he asked his church for baptism. After the service, Dr. Wisdom asked him to set up an appointment so that they could talk some about the day and the event. Adam was glad for that. He still had questions, and he was a thinker and loved getting deep, as he used to call it. And he'd always liked and admired his pastor. Dr. Logan Wisdom was near retirement. He had pastored Calvary for nearly 30 years after spending the first part of his career in academic life. He taught philosophy and theology, and Adam was pretty sure he had written a couple of books. He had seen them displayed in the church library, though they weren't the kind of books most teenagers picked up to read in church. Like the rest of the congregation, he looked up to his pastor, and he appreciated that Dr. Wisdom seemed to return the admiration. He spoke to them with expectation. He seemed to believe in them and believe that they could stretch. This appealed to Adam. And while other teenagers were often passing notes, Adam had always been tuned in during sermon time. He was someone who knew just a lot about a lot. He read history and literature. He often referenced the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal or some ancient teacher or some contemporary rock lyric. He was aware of the world. He loved art and music and sport and poetry. Logan wisdom seemed strong to him. He was still very active. His eyes were alive, and he, he kept his hair longer than most, like someone who never wanted to let go of the 60s. It was gray now, but there was still lots of it. Adam wasn't sure how old Dr. Wisdom was. It was obvious he had been up to life in ministry for a long time. He knew that he was older than his own grandfather. It made him excited but nervous all at the same time about their meeting. As far as he could remember, he had never had Logan Wisdom all to himself. The day came, and Adam had a mental list of things he wanted to, to ask. He had never been in his pastor's inner study. The assistant took him back there and handed him a Coke as she left. Dr. Wisdom was on the phone, and 
It gave him a chance to give the office a once-over. Books were everywhere, old books. You could smell the oldness. On the limited wall space left, there wasn't, to his surprise, any diplomas or certificates or plaques of recognition. There was art and there were icons. Stacks of things littered the floor. They circled the desk like electrons around a nucleus tied to the desk, which was also a mess, a swarm of study and learning and post-it reminders, pictures of grandkids, a hymnal, a calendar laid open, a laptop full of words, a file folder on top of a magazine, on top of a book, obviously a sermon in progress. I'll be in touch, Dr. Wisdom said as he put down the receiver, and he turned around to Adam and he smiled. I have been looking forward to this all day, he said. Adam relaxed a little bit. Me too. And we're all looking forward to your baptism. I I tell you what let's do. Dr. Wisdom jumped on in. Let's go over the logistics of Sunday, and that way we'll just get that out of the way, and then we'll just have fun talking. Sounds good to me, Adam concurred. Crossing his legs that were constrained by skinny jeans, but feeling kind of funny, like he was not old enough to be sitting that way, but he found himself wanting to sit differently than he normally would. His old navy t-shirt and dyed hair seemed at least three generations removed from Dr. Wisdom's coat and tie. Okay, Adam, on Sunday I want you to be ready in the robing area about ten till. You'll need to bring a change of clothes, hair dryer, towel, that sort of thing. There'll be somebody there to help you. I'll come up after I get the service started, and I'll put my waiters on the robe. Now, Dr. Wisdom stepped out from behind the desk and motioned for Adam to join him. I'll walk into the water first, and then you'll join me. We'll both be facing forward while I say a few words, and then eventually ask the congregation for their affirmation, and then I'll ask you for your commitment. The old pastor continued, obviously, having been through this countless times. After you say, I will, I'll turn you this way, and then I'll say, lifting my hand, Adam, my brother, I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Just then, without even thinking about it, the word why jumped out of Adam's mouth. Why what? asked Dr. Wisdom. Uh, why are you going to baptize me in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit? Dr. Wisdom smiled a knowing smile and said, well, because Matthew 28, in that chapter, Jesus told us to, knowing full well that wouldn't suffice for Adam. He had heard about the questions he asked in youth group, and he knew they were about to get into it. Well, Adam gulped, Why did Jesus tell us to do that? Why not baptize them in my name, Jesus? Or why not baptize them in the name of the one God? Why the Father, Son, and the Spirit? Do all baptisms have to be like that? The dam had finally broken. And the questions poured out in an adolescent flood. I don't really understand the Trinity anyway. I mean, what's the deal there? And no one's ever given me a satisfactory answer. Not once. How could... God be one and three, isn't that what, what do you call that, polytheism? Some have said so, replied Dr. Wisdom, taking a seat in the rocker and motioning Adam to the couch. There's been a great deal of conversation and debate about that very thing since the early days of the church. That's not surprising, Adam almost said, interrupting with relief. 
It's just really weird sounding me. Can, can you explain it? I mean, since you're going to baptize me in that way, can, can you explain it now? In an hour, Dr. Wisdom laughed. Augustine wrote 15 books on the doctrine of the Trinity. Well, that's another thing. Adam was leaning forward now with his legs uncrossed. It's a doctrine, right? I mean, I mean isn't it something we're all supposed to then believe in, right? Dr. Wisdom was very careful with his answer. Well, it's a way of helping you understand what you believe in. Doctrines are simply descriptions of a mystery. They do not explain it. As a Christian, you believe in, you placed your trust in God, not doctrines about God. Well, I I heard a TV preacher once say that the doctrine of the Trinity is necessary to be Christian. His voice sounded pretty weighty with the idea of it. Dr. Wisdom picked up on the tone, and he took a deep breath. He had been at this pastoral moment in conversations a million times, where to start and how to go deep in this moment. That was always the question. He plunged on in. Adam, it it might help you to realize that before we had a doctrine of the Trinity, we had a problem of the Trinity. Adam sat silent. What I mean by that is that the early Christians began to realize that they had experienced the divine in three particular ways, as Father, Son, and Spirit. And this, of course, was a predicament for those who believed in one God, but there was no denying their experience. They'd known God as a mystery beyond us and with us and within us. Three ways, three forms. Adam jumped in. Well, that reminds me of how my mom, when she was our eighth grade Sunday school teacher, explained it. She she said that she was a daughter, a wife, and a mom, but she was the same person. Dr. Wisdom made one of those faces that seemed to be saying, well, sort of, but not really. Lots of folks have thought of it that way, and and really it's not a bad place to begin. We've got to begin somewhere, but let's modify the metaphor some. Rather than thinking of three different people relating to your mom, a parent, a spouse, and a child, let's talk about the ways that you have known her, your mom. Your mom worked primarily in the home, right? Adam nodded as he took a swig of his Coke. Okay, let's imagine that you're 10 years old again. I want you to picture her day. What was it like for her, do you think, after you left for school? Adam offered this kind of stay-at-home mom litany. Well, she cleaned and she cooked and she she moved furniture maybe, decorated, shopped, paid bills. Now, Logan Wisdom was leaning forward. You never saw her doing those things. But when you came home, everything was different. It's like the house had been prepared for you, recreated. Things were in their places, roast in the oven, maybe a new picture hanging over the sofa. All this reflected not only whom your, who your mom was, but what mattered to her. Also, her love for you. She didn't do this on her best days out of some obligation or compulsion. She did it because she wanted home to be right. She wanted to be a place of goodness. She brought order from chaos in your bedroom, I'll bet. 
She seasoned the meat so it wouldn't be bland. She cleaned the bathroom to make it safe. She decorated for delight. This was your mom as creator. Got it? Got it, Adam agreed. Now what happened after school typically, Dr. Wisdom asked back. Well, she typically picked me up and took me to soccer practice, and maybe she coached even some for a couple of years. She'd drive me to guitar lessons, and sometimes we'd sit in the backyard, and she'd help me with my homework on the swing. Occasionally, she'd take me places, you know, to get ice cream or something. She'd make cookies for me and my friends. Dr. Wisdom was smiling. Sounds like your mom was really with you. Yeah. That's your mom incarnate, your mom entering into your experience and all that it involved. Okay, like Jesus did with us. Adam was on to it now. Right, she listened to you, she taught you, she set an example for you, she told you to do your studies, she told you when it was time to brush your teeth and go to, your, go to bed, mom, with you. Now, there was another way mom was with you during your day and you may have not even been aware of it. After you were asleep, she would come into your room, sometimes because she wanted to be sure you were okay, sometimes because she knew you'd had a bad dream, or she just wanted to watch you sleep. She'd sit there quietly, and you wouldn't know it, but she'd stroke your hair and kiss you on your head. She'd say tender prayers over you. Also, usually while you slept, while you weren't aware, she would do other things. She might have even looked over your homework and straightened up your folder a little bit. She she might call the teacher, talk to your dad about some trouble you were having. Your mom was a source of comfort and nurture and life, and you couldn't even see it. She never left you. And there's also a sense in which you never have left her. Did you ever find yourself thinking, what would mom do? Have you ever had that voice in your head saying, Adam, you know you're not ought to be doing that. Adam was nodding. I still do, and, and more often than I'd like to, he confessed. So what you're saying is that I experienced my mom in three ways, just like we do God. One God and three different experiences with God. So is that the Trinity? Well, no. Uh, that, that just helps you have a metaphorical handle on how you've experienced your God because of what was true with your mom. And, Dr. Wisdom rocked his head in concession. There are many folks, lots of them, who stopped in their understanding of the Trinity right there, but that's not all the church has concluded. It wasn't simply one person with three functions. Adam finished the sentence with a moan. There were three persons, weren't there? One essence, one being, three persons. Dr. Wisdom concurred. So that means I'm pretty lost again. You're in good company, Adam. We're all lost, but we're not alone, nor are we lost in meaninglessness. We are lost in a mystery, and that can be sort of exciting. It's a, it's a great adventure. It's the final frontier. Adam was surprised to hear his pastor start doing the Star Trek theme song. Da, 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 da. He was pretty good at it. Adam had to interrupt him because he was enjoying himself too much. Uh, you, you were about to tell me about the three persons... Oh, yeah, sorry. Logan Wisdom dove in. He began to speak faster and with more animation. It's almost like Adam had flipped some switch inside his pastor, 
and his pastor's passion began to pour out. Dr. Wisdom was doing most of the talking now. Adam didn't mind. He didn't feel like he wasn't connecting. Here's the thing of it, Adam. The Trinity is not only an explanation of divine history, it is an invitation, a portal into the divine reality. In other words, Adam, this is the way God is. God is relationship. God is communion, Father with Son, Son with Spirit, and so on. God, the, the pastor paused, wanting to make sure he's following now. God is the source of all things, right? Adam nodded. Well, then God is the source of all communion. And if the very heart of God is communal and relational, then all of reality is relational. That's why when you truly love another person, you'll be experiencing God. John said when we love, we are born of God. Dr. Wisdom was completely excited now about what he was saying, and Adam was completely enjoying the sermon. And it was making sense. Adam was peppering the monologue with lots of, yeah, I kind of see what you mean. Particularly when his pastor pointed at him and said, Adam, if you look inside, you'll sense this as true. You're a trinity. I mean, you're a mind, body, and soul. Don't you have a relationship to yourself? Don't you talk to yourself? Don't you love yourself? So there is a lover and a beloved and the loving itself, a trinity, one being all the same. The trinity, Dr. Wisdom said, is your ontological pattern, using a word Adam hadn't learned yet but knew he needed to. You're made in that image. That's your DNA. Adam was beginning to feel something what Logan Wisdom was going on about. God's the center of all things and the pattern of, of all things. And so God's nature must be reflected in all things. It made sense to him when Dr. Wisdom had reminded him of what it was like when Adam had gone to his grandmother's house after her funeral service. How he could see and feel and smell his grandmother everywhere in the house. Dr. Wisdom had said with joy between every word, that the world was like that, that every nook and cranny of it revealed God and that God was revealed as a Trinitarian dynamic process and experience, a Trinitarian being. The hour passed quickly and Adam felt like he was being inducted. His wise pastor would quote teachers. He even grabbed a, a Russian icon from the shelf, which was Trinitarian. He pointed to the large Celtic symbol hanging on the wall. That's a triquetra. I try to say that real fast ten times. Adam did, and they, they had a good laugh. Adam said, finishing up his laugh, I, I never figured I'd be laughing about the Trinity. Adam, Logan said, the Trinity is the thing of joy. In, in fact, in the early church, they called it a dance, perichoresis rather than a doctrine. Go back to your original question, Adam. Back to that. Sunday, we'll be baptizing you into a great dance, into a way of being, a joyful mode of existence. God is always pouring forth and pouring out and even receiving. Dr. Wisdom paused. I've said a lot, Adam, but what I'm about to say is most important as you're baptized. 
The pastor instinctively waited just a minute and then continues slowly. If God is this way and God is wholeness, then we must be this way to be whole. There is no wholeness, no abundant life unless we are creative as God is, unless we pour ourselves out as Christ does, unless we enliven and perceive our oneness with God's other children as the Spirit is united with us and enlivens us. Adam sat there knowing, but still not knowing. He couldn't explain the Trinity to anyone, but he found himself believing in it in that moment, seeing it. It wasn't because of the arguments Logan Wisdom had really made or his explanations, though they were helpful. It was he himself. Here was this man who seemed to be so together and so wise. Someone who had loved people in God, who had studied and read so much. He not only believed it, but his eyes sparkled when he spoke of it. It wasn't the doctrine that was drawing him, but a person who seemed to be participating in what the doctrine was about. Well, I guess I'd be need to get on, get on Dr. Wisdom. I can't tell you how much I've enjoyed our talk. Me too, Adam. Now, like I said over an hour ago, Dr. Wisdom stood up and extended his hand. Sunday, because Jesus said so. I'll baptize you, my brother, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and I am quite certain that all God's people will say, Amen. God, we ask your blessings upon us as we try to step more deeply into this reality and live it because you have sent us to do so. Help us, Lord, on so many days to find ourselves there again that we might reach forth into this world with confidence to share your good news. Through Christ we pray. Amen. If you're here today and there's something about which you need to think or pray, some discernment you're, you're making, our ministers will be at the back to pray with you and think with you and share with you. Let's stand together as we confess our faith together. Come back.
pray with me, please? Holy God, you have given us the capacity to love and expressed it through the gift of creation and the sending of your Son. Jesus, you have given us love through living among us, taking the burden of our sinfulness and giving us hope through your resurrection. Holy Spirit, you bring us wisdom, peace, and comfort as you live within us and among us. So now we offer to you our expressions of love, hope, and faithfulness, and we ask for your blessings upon this offering. In the holy name of God the Father, Jesus the Son, and God the Spirit, amen. Join me in prayer. God, thank you for the opportunity to be a part of kingdom work, and we pray for all of those now who will gather here. We pray for the folks who will be leading and teaching and working and serving, that they might have energy, they might have a depth of compassion and passion for what they're doing, or they might be grounded in your gospel so that they might share it, and we pray for those who will be here to learn and to take joy in being a part of community, perhaps most of all, Lord, that they might experience a, a connection to your love in a way that would draw them into uh, a journey with you. We pray that that might happen for those who are ready and drawn by you in these days. Help us now all to do this, whether we're here this week or whether we're somewhere else, being mindful of those who you bring our way, that we might share good news. Through Christ we pray. Amen. Christ and see you tonight.